Hey, Daniel here from Markers on the Map, and this week we're turning an ordinary shark into an electrical terror in Maneater. Then, we're sending Norse mythology into a frenzy of rage and chaos as Kratos in God of War. Even Avengers get to turn in the spotlight this week. You can follow us on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. So I usually come to the show prepared with something, usually weekly, um, to say about the Avengers game, and it's usually not anything great or anything. It's usually like, oh, I really hope this game gets turned around or, you know, some kind of bad news surrounding the game. But this week, I actually have good news about the Avengers game. For for once in like the 15 episodes that we've done about uh, on a daily update on this game or weekly yeah. update. Yeah, yeah. So I decided since Kate Bishop, the new DLC character, was dropping uh, this week um, that I download the Avengers game onto my PS5. And I was greeted by something I wasn't expecting, and that was the fact that the PS5 can... It's, it has not gotten its PS5 upgrade yet, but in backwards compatibility, the PS5 can run Avengers in 60 frames per second. Which is crazy to me because the PS4 might have run it at 20 to 25 at any given moment and really could not keep a stable 30. So that's the first thing. Uh, The second thing is that I don't know if it was the frame rate that enhanced how the game felt, but I had a lot of fun with the first mission on the the Kate Bishop mission chain. (laughs) (laughs) And... um, I don't know. I was I was playing as Black Widow, and usually I'm not great with her, but I was doing really good. And then I tried Kate Bishop in her challenge room, where you kind of learn how to play the characters, and I think she's really cool too. That's actually the only challenge room I've gotten through without messing up on one of the challenges that they give you. So what I'm getting from this is that maybe what Avengers needed, maybe not in terms of being popular, and you know the numbers are still dwindling, what it, maybe what it needed was that frame rate and a character that actually feels really fun and unique to play. You know, Kate Bishop, she's like the female version of Hawkeye. Honestly, that game, I, I played it once. It was the beta. And the only one I didn't like was the Iron Man part. Yeah, you know, the flying in that game is kind of like odd like i don't like how it works i think i inverted it because for some reason i can't play a game where it seems like you're flying unless the um can't like the camera stick is inverted but like something about the flying in that game with iron man and even thor just feels like off to me yeah ever since the beginning it's always been something holding games back if you think about it like if you look at a super nintendo and then you plug it up to a modern TV, you're just like, man, this does not look as good as I thought. But if you have the right TV and the right cabling, it looks just as good as you remembered it. And I feel like that's the same with the Avengers. And these games that were on the PS4 that were limited to you know, the technology of that device, where it can't hit the 60 frames. Yeah, it, it kind of amazed me 
just playing. You know, I got to play maybe maybe an hour of it yesterday because I'm I've been busy, but that was one of the most fun hours I've ever had with the game, and I think it's almost all having to do with the frame rate being really good and me being able to keep up the action on screen without everything looking like a blurry, like a motion blurry mess for, you know, however long the missions last, which is usually around 20 minutes, 30 minutes. It also helps that the character herself is one of the more unique, like, she's got, like, a like a air jump and an air dash where can, she can like teleport and then she has her bow and arrow and she uses a sword for a melee uh, combat and it just seems like a lot of effort was put into this and you know what that makes me hopeful for a resurgence it's it's probably never going to be as high in numbers as they want it to but if we get a resurgence and they keep the good DLC characters coming. Like, we know Black Panther is probably going to be here down the line. Um, Spider-Man, of course, for the PS4, PS5 players. If they can keep that amount of quality going for the for the add-on characters, the free add-on characters, then I think it'll at least... If it's not going to get popular, and I won't say it won't get popular because it always has a chance, then it'll at least continue to be fun. Because I've said it a million times. It's a fun game. It's just lacking in content, and a few of the systems and loot systems are hit or miss for me. I, I, I think this game still has potential. I think that's always been this game, is that the potential's there. But I guess with how things are now, how there's daily updates, or if something's wrong, they got to really be on it. Especially with compared to like examples like Call of Duty, like Warzone. How there's something wrong, they kind of have to fix it like right away, or else, you know... The fan base might leave or not enjoy it as much as it should be. So I feel like with uh, Avengers, it sounds like they really should just update things and not really hold off on like major updates, but fix little things here and there. Yeah, they seem like they're doing pretty decently at that with the amount of patches that the game's gotten. And, you know, we don't know how much the current situation in the world has affected development. But I can see that Kate Bishop herself was developed with a lot of heart. And that that just gives me a glimmer of hope here. Because I don't, you know, it's not that I bought this game at full price, even the deluxe edition, and I'm like, oh, I want this to be good because I pay. I just want this to be good because there's good gameplay to be had here. So I thought it would be nice to have a really positive Avengers story for once. It's always good to look on positive things and not always look on the negative. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, like I said, we don't want any game to fail. We want every game to be fun. Exactly. So, anyway, you are listening to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map, a gaming adventure where we take you through news and games and everything in between. My name's Daniel, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Robert. I hope you've been doing well this week. Uh, I've been doing pretty well, uh... It's the holiday season, so, you know, I'm trying to do as much as I can because yeah. of how things are. But, you know, trying to enjoy the holidays. How are you doing? Pretty good. A little busy here and there. Um, haven't had a lot of times for games this week, but, you know, over the weekend I, I played a, a certain game we're going to talk about. And actually, you played a certain game you're going to talk about, too. Oh, yeah. And we'll have to decide whose is better. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get to some news. Um, so there was a leak last week that a game I've been waiting for is finally coming to the U.S., Persona 5 Strikers. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it was leaked, I guess, but Atlas uh, officially announced it, like, a few days ago, yesterday, maybe. Um, yeah, 
that is the Koei Tecmo like Dynasty Warriors type Persona game and as we can see from the spin-offs of the Warriors games they have a real good track record of making you know fun spin-offs they did Fire Emblem Warriors Hyrule Warriors and Age of Calamity and it just seems like these spin-offs that they do of the Warrior series based on other properties like Fire Emblem Zelda Persona now are really good so this game has been presented as a sequel to the story of Persona 5 so back in the trailer the original Japanese trailer they they flipped the S into a 2 so this is kind of a, a sequel to P5, not exactly royal, I don't think, but a sequel to the original, and it's coming out in February after not, like, recall at AX last year, I thought they were going to announce a localization for this, and this was July 2019, <laughs> so I'm happy to see it's finally coming out in February. I, I, it's something I can get excited about in my favorite game franchise. I mean, we had... What is it? Persona 5, and then they had R, and now this is S. And then this is a warrior-style game? Yeah, it's kind of a Musou-type. You know, the ones where you go when you fight a thousand enemies, just like Hyrule Warriors. See, I feel like, I feel like I've never played a warrior-type game, but now that I'm thinking, looking back at it, I feel like there's a game on the PC that I played, and I feel like it's a warrior-type game. I don't remember the name of it. Mm. I'll try to find it, and I'll send it to you, and maybe we could figure this out, but... I feel like I've never played those type of games. Yeah, well, the main series is kind of, you know, it's it's going through the motions of defeating, you know, hundreds of enemies and generals and everything. But in these, like, ones that are based off of other franchises, like Fire Emblem Warriors or Hyrule Warriors, they usually add some kind of gameplay element from those games into it. So, like, Fire Emblem Warriors had your weapon triangle where certain units were better against others. Uh, Breath of the Wild, or had that rune thing so they tossed that in age of calamity so everybody can use separate runes to fight enemies off so this persona one looks like it tosses in a few gameplay elements from persona and also gives it a really cool story from what i can tell and they always add in special characters specifically for this game and part of the draw is that there's always like 20 different characters to play as some of the dynasty warriors games have like 70 characters <laughs> samurai warrior I just oh, found Samurai out what it was Warriors? called. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Is that a Warriors game? Yeah, it's a Warriors game. So the main series is like Samurai Warriors and Dynasty Warriors, and I think Warriors Orochi. You know, I, I haven't played any of those, but I, I like the spinoffs. I liked Dynasty Warriors Gundam. That was cool. That was basically Dynasty Warriors, but you play as a Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there's that. Oscar Isaac of Star Wars fame and he has been cast as Solid Snake in the upcoming Metal Gear Solid movie that I guess they're making. Uh, how do you feel about that? Obviously, I've always been... Video game movies are never good. There's been some that have been okay. I don't know if there's some that have been, like, great movies. But I never want to be negative. I have always hope everything will eventually be good. It's not like he doesn't look the part. Oh, yeah, he's... He seems like a good fit for, I mean, whatever they're going for. He's, I mean, he's a great actor. I've seen yeah. him in a few other things, but, you know, most people will pick up on knowing him from Star Wars, and he's really good in that. Yeah, I feel like what I've realized between uh Solid games, uh, the difference between the two different Snake characters, and I'm referring to uh, Big Boss and Solid Snake, uh, Solid Snake's more of a uh, skinny but still kind of cut, 
like character like he still has that like you know espionage kind of like he has to you know crawl into vents and all that kind of stuff where big boss is more or less uh built like uh i don't he's really he's more bulky i guess compared to a solid snake i don't think he's like that bulky but i'm pretty sure he's a little bit more uh beefed up compared to solid snake so i mean like i said he's not a bad for the role he fits you know everything he fits the look and maybe the feel of it like you still want to have a character that can kind of sneak around and i think he has that like just look to him do we know which mgs they're adapting or are they just doing like solid snake oh well i guess if he's cast as solid snake this is clearly gonna be like mgs one i think it's its own thing okay so maybe it's like they're taking the concept and making a new story out of it i think that's what it is i think they're loosely basing it on the games but i think they're trying to make it its own thing obviously with the game that's like let's say the first one's like a like 60 hour game you could fit a lot of storytelling and stuff in there but a movie can only be up to like three hours before it seems like it should have been cut or something so they're gonna have to kind of loosely base on the game but they're gonna have to fill the void with other things that kind of pick up the story and not add so much details to a lot of there's gonna be a lot of things they're gonna have to like cut out yeah, I feel like this is going to be a similar thing with the Uncharted movie, where they're trying to take Nathan Drake and maybe do their own thing, because maybe they can't capture the story of Uncharted outside of a video game, so you do something similar. Maybe it's the same thing with Metal Gear Solid. You take certain elements, maybe certain characters, and hope it works. Hopefully. Like I said, hopefully this works. I mean, Metal Gear Solid is military kind of like uh, uh like uh the expendables kind of like that where it's like oh he thinks like it's a military guy not but it still has its weird moments obviously it's a giant uh mech it has a giant robot in it and there's kind of weird moments i don't know if not adding it would make it seem like it's less faithful to it but maybe adding too much of the weird stuff that did happen in the games might not work in film i guess we'll have to wait and see on this one seems like it shouldn't be too difficult to adapt something like that but then again we've got that weird stuff and you know certain things from games has proven hard to adapt same thing with books a lot of times books have things that are hard to adapt to tv or movies or even games it's one of those things where i think it can work i mean uh scott pilgrim has its weird moments like characters fly but it's not weird at all it makes sense because Mm -hmm. it's a comedy movie but with mary saw it's more of a serious tone to it so We'll see what what they do with some of the weird stuff that happens. Yeah. So let's move on to the delay portion of our episode today. We've got three big delays here. First off, Scott Pilgrim, the game, uh, the complete edition has been... Well, did they ever announce a release date? They said they holiday, said, right? They said holiday. So that would be between November and December. That was but that time frame usually when you say holidays. No one really thinks like New Year's when you say holidays. So we can consider the new release date of January 14th to be post-holiday. Yeah. I guess it's not that big of a delay. Still bites when a game is delayed, especially something that's been out already and, you know. It's it's not a new game. It's It exists. I guess it's probably trying to port it so yeah. it doesn't run terrible. Maybe that's what... Or they're trying to do really... Sp- Maybe with the holidays happening and a bunch of other games being sold, they don't want to put a game that's... I guess that won't do so well like Scott Pilgrim. Compared to, like, everyone else trying to get all these other games, maybe, like, Assassin's Creed Valhalla and all that. All the AAA games are dropping around around this time. Yeah. It's kind of like, I feel like Ubisoft releasing Watch Dogs Legion, Immortals, and Assassin's Creed so close to each other might be detrimental to 
you know, two out of three of them. And that's why moving Far Cry 6 to, what is it, February now was probably the best idea. Yeah, and then what was the other PS5 launch game that was delayed? That's going to be a plus title in, like, February? Oh, Destruction All-Stars. Yeah, that was a good move. That game would not have done so well compared to, like, Demon's Souls and, like, Miles Morales and all that. Well, yeah, and it's a multiplayer game, too. So it makes the most sense to launch it on plus. Yeah. Also, I was very interested in it and glad that it's not going to be $70. So, Prince of Persia probably hurts more, though. Delayed till March 16th? Oh, this one stings the most. Yeah. That was supposed uh, to come out on the 21st of January. Yeah, that was going like, oh, that's real soon. I can try that out. But, I mean, if it makes the game better, you know, I'm all for it. Maybe if they don't have to, you know, rush it to, to meet demand or whatever, I'm all yeah. for it. If it takes its time, it takes its time. I don't want it to be announced this year and then it'll release two years from now. Hopefully yeah. they can get it done soon. But, like I said, I'd rather have it be good instead of it being a rush, mush, and just kind of not work. I mean, it's a smaller team doing that, and you know, the world's in a in a place right now, for sure. Yeah. Now, here's something. Halo Infinite, targeted for fall 2021, I guess. So, this was originally thought to be the launch title for the Series X and the mm-hmm. Series S. Now, we have a target date of fall 2021, which, see, you know, there's, it seems like development of this is a bit, I don't know, there's news stories about the development of this, but I don't get it. That's that's a long time to make people wait. Seeing the whole box art that comes with the Series X, it has Halo oh, just yeah. kind of like slapped right on there. Like, and don't they have promotions right now, like on sodas or something? I think they do. Maybe I could be maybe. Wrong. Hopefully, we're wrong. But if they do, that's a long time to wait. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I I don't think a fall. 2021 would make a lot of sense since it seems like they were ready to drop it but then they're just like oh we're just gonna delay it a bit but then now it seems like they're delaying it a whole year yeah it's literally a year it's fall 2020 right now we'll see um time flies cyberpunk was delayed till like it drops today which is like the the 9th of december and it didn't feel like that much of a delay honestly like the first like november launch that was supposed to drop then they delayed till december it didn't feel that long well, that wasn't the first delay, though. <laughs> yeah. But, I don't know, delays, they seem like they're long, but I think Red Dead was delayed a whole year. And it, it came out fine. You get, Sometimes you just gotta give, sometimes you gotta give things time. Yeah, and you know, Halo Infinite is probably gonna benefit from a delay. I watched the game, we watched the gameplay with, what, what was it this year, the Xbox event or something like that? Some kind of, yeah. was it Gamescom? I think it was Gamescom something and like that. i was like e, i don't know maybe this could use a delay and sure enough but you know it's like that quote from miyamoto the where the the rush game is bad or something but a delayed ge- or a rush game is forever bad and the delayed game has the p- capacity to be good or something like that yeah it's like a delaying game would eventually be good but uh a rush game will forever be bad yeah so you know what maybe it'll work out for halo infinite Hopefully. I mean, personally, I'm probably not going to get a Series X, but <laughs> I, I I always want to see these things succeed. I, I, I only want to see games do well. I really liked Halo. I, I liked, like, Reach was, like, I think my favorite. But um, I don't know. Maybe Infinite could, like, change the tide. I think the multiplayer, if it's probably, like, Reach around there, it, you know, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe if something new changes my mind, I could like the multiplayer in that one better than any of the old Halo games. 
Yeah. So, two little quick things. Uh, Destiny 2 did release its uh, PS5 and Series X upgrades yesterday. Now running at 60 to 120 FPS, I guess, if your monitor or TV can handle it. 120 on Crucibles only. Oh, it's 120 on Crucible only? Yeah, I, I looked at the settings. It was 120 Crucibles only. Oh, okay. Um, so that's cool. Destiny is another thing I bring up from time to time in comparison to other games because Destiny always felt like the live service that people latched onto and that actually succeeded at what it was trying to do. So mm-hmm. I might hop back on that. Um, the other little thing was GTA Five having its new Cayo uh, Perico expansion coming out next week. You're into that, right? Yeah, I, I play GTA Online uh, occasionally here and there. Uh, I'll play it for a couple months nonstop, and then I'll give it a break. But um, is it a free expansion? It is. Any DLC to GTA is free. The, there's okay. no additional cost to it. Uh, I think they're expanding the map too. I guess there's like they're adding an island. Is this where that GTA 6 rumor comes from, where they have some kind of coordinates that leads to a spot on a map that looks like a Roman numeral 6? Is that this yeah. expansion? Okay. Yes. Um, hopefully, uh, I'm all for a, a GTA 6, because 5, uh, story-wise and mechanic-wise, is great, but uh, this solo is kind of a, a dead city. There's not a lot to do. So with Red Dead that ha- like Red Dead Two is such it's such an immersive game like you can get lost in the forest and you just be immersed to like all the animals and the small details that game has that hopefully they they put that with the sixth one if they're making one yeah uh, I I firmly believe they are gonna make one but who knows time can tell but I mean it won't be for a while even if they yeah. announce it because GTA Five is still getting its online upgrade uh, next year still profitable yeah (laughs) all right last little news story for this week um i guess terry cruz was streaming danganronpa for i think the red cross um i hope i'm right (laughs) earlier this week or over the weekend for charity and i just read that and i was like upset that i missed it because terry cruz actor extraordinaire was streaming one of the best games i've ever played but also this is a like an anime visual novel about like solving like class trials over who killed who and you know what i'm for terry cruz streaming danganronpa just the fact that i can say that sentence on this podcast is amazing (laughs) to me (laughs) i mean it's great because it was i think it was him and his son that were both playing it i think so so. see a great gaming moment when a father and their son can both play a game and enjoy it yeah it's just like i hope there's a vod or something so i can go look at terry cruz's reaction to the like the zany cast of danganronpa because there's some really like wild characters in that one but you know what that's cool i think i've i think i've seen like the anime and i've seen like the first like three episodes of that oh yeah it's a it's a good show but you know the games are cool i've played all three of the main series and yeah i mean the fact that you have these like basically you're in a class trial and people are talking over each other and all their sentences are flying across the screen and you have to shoot them with like word bullets and argue with them it's it's a really wild game we'll probably have some discussion of it at some point on the show yeah but it's very plot heavy you know it's hard to do games oh, yeah. where the plot overtakes the mechanics but because we'll 
you can't really talk about it a lot without spoiling it. That's the problem with these kind of story-driven games. Yeah. So, you know it wouldn't be an episode of our little show without a Nintendo Direct rumor, right? Oh, yeah. So let me open my little book here. Somebody sent me a little book. Okay. Oh, boy. Okay. I'm already reading it. This one's called Cooking Mama Cart. If you can't take the heat, then get out of the kitchen and into the car as the Cooking Mama franchise stirs and sautés its way into the wild world of high-speed racing. Create your own personal chef with the game's in-depth character customizer, and instead of cooking up delicious food, we're cooking up slick drifts and amazing stunts over 50 courses. It's not your average meal. Consume the competition with a vast array of items, including egg in your face, a giant rolling pin, and minced vegetable minds. Boost your way to victory in every single cup, from juice to soda and beyond, and get a rating from anywhere from wonderful to better than mama as you aim for a solid gold garnish on your layer cake trophy of victory. Take to the online champions tournament and compete with chefs around the world for culinary supremacy as every season fries up brand new cosmetic items for your character, including new paint jobs, clothing items, and bug snacks buddies. The game's first online seasoning is the Challenge of the Keeper, where you and chefs all around the world will compete for a five-star restaurant by collecting the Keeper's own cryptocurrency to level across 100 layers of the delicious cake that is Cooking Mama Cart's online suite. And be on the lookout for Season 2, Meatwad Madness, coming right after the first is over. Slice. Dice, fry, stir, spread, and toss the competition, and then simmer down with some of the game's casual arcade modes, with more details coming your way soon. It's Cooking Mama Cart, where chefs go to truly settle who's the master. I liked it. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, talk about Mario, Sonic, Crash, uh... Hello Kitty, Garfield. Hello Kitty, Garfield got a cart, Nickelodeon got one. It makes sense for the game that had its series start from the DS to have its own kart racer eventually. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with these seasons that have 100 tiers and, you know, a Bug Snacks crossover, a Tales from the Crypt crossover, an Aqua Teen Hunger Force crossover, I think we're, I think that they're really on to something with Cooking Mama Kart. It, it, I mean, just, just based off what they're saying here. How many characters are there? It doesn't say, but, you know, there's the character you make, and then whoever comes in the seasons, or seasonings as they call them, I think they took that idea from us. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they added Master Shake from Aqua Team. Oh, ma- Master Shake. <laughs> I'd rather have uh, Meatwad. Well, yeah, they're having him with the Meatwad Madness seasoning. Seasoning 2 of Cooking Mama Cart. Oh, what other what other food character is there? You know who would be a good character in that game? Who? Rocky Rodent. You know, I would I wouldn't put it past him to put Rocky Rodent in the game. I I'd say he's got a good chance. Uh, uh foreshadowing for probably a later episode, but uh the main plot to Rocky Rodent is that um a restaurant owner gets his daughter kidnapped and then he says, "I will pay you back in unlimited amounts of food if you can get her back." You know, what if Cooking Mama card is a sequel and Cooking Mama is the daughter? See, now now our brains are working. The gears are turning. We're seeing a, a connection between Rocky Road and Cooking Mama. 
we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> but that's a for just a rumor. <laughs> I mean, it is just a rumor. But I mean, credible source. Come on, when haven't our direct rumors not been correct? <laughs> I know. At some point, these games are gonna have to start getting made. At some point, the rumor will come true. So I mean, I'm all for Rocky Road in this game. I mean, I'm all for Rocky Road in general. Yeah. And that just leads me to one last thing I wanted to talk about before we get into our games this week. So let's get into games and talk about the Game Awards real quick and how Ghost of Tsushima won the Player's Voice Award. So that's the Mm. one where we, the players, um, vote for what we think is the best game ever of the year. So that was Ghost of Tsushima. I'm really happy about that. So the Game Awards are tomorrow, and in the spirit of Nintendo Direct Rumors, I think we need to come up real quick with a few games we think might get announced at the Game Awards tomorrow that probably won't. So I'm going to say Bloodborne 2. There is a game that I've been like, man, that would be cool if they released it. I think Haunted Mansion Remake, the Disney oh. game for the Haunted Mansion. Oh, yeah, for the that PS2. would be good. That would be a good wish fulfillment game for Game Awards. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to know what you think is going to win Game of the Year because we're recording this before the Game Awards, but it's going to go up after the Game Awards. <laughs> so I'm going to go off yeah. on a limb here and say I think Hades will take it. You think Hades? Yeah. What were the options? Ghosts, Last of Us, Part Two, uh, Doom, Hades, and what was the other one? Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Final and Fantasy VII. Story wise, or in in general, game wise, with all all like I think Ghost because yeah, it has everything. Yeah, I think Ghost because as a whole package is much better than everything else. Because Doom is not really a story based game. Yeah. You just it has a story, but you more or less play it for the gameplay. Last of Us, great story, but I would think the gameplay is kind of what turned me away of it because mm-hmm. it's kind of like the first one. I didn't really like the first one because it, it, it's 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 fine if you play for the story, or I guess really are involved in the story but as of gameplay wise it didn't really change much so that's why i think ghost would be better yeah you know what i want ghost to win because i love it but i also think hades will win and i think it would be actually really cool if hades won just saying <laughs> that'd be really cool too yeah if hades did win that would be that would be pretty great to have a pretty indie game win game of the year would be wild you know how popular that game is like everybody loves that game who plays it and it's got so much high praise and everything I think the real takeaway for me, though, is that I'm pretty sure Persona 5 Royal, while not up for Game Awards Game of the Year, is still the highest rated game of the year on Metacritic, so I'll, I'll be content with that. <laughs> with that being said, let's actually get into our games this week. So, I played a few things that I'll touch on quickly, and then we'll get into our, our bigger games for the week. So, I played a little more Age of Calamity. I'm not, like too big into the story because for breath of the wild i really didn't care about the story but age of calamity like we were talking about at the beginning of the show that's a warriors game that is like so good like i you know i was complaining about the frame rate a while ago but for some reason it just seemed like it's the levels where it's raining the frame rate is fine um the gameplay though is what really stands out for me you've got so much variety with all the characters everyone feels like they're new and you haven't played a warriors game with characters that behave like this and everyone has little special secret moves you can figure out and again i'm not super far into it yet because i usually play it on weekends while i'm listening to a podcast but the thing about this game is i get so anxious with it because after you it's menu based or it's like map based and you get so many little icons on your map so many markers on your map every time you beat a mission that it's like what am i supposed to do next like you have your story mission but then you have a hundred other things you can do so it's it's not lacking in content so there's that 
and I've been playing a, a little bit of Ghost of Tsushima uh, through the PS5's boost mode. And I'm trying to actually do a run of that game on New Game Plus uh, where I just kind of wander around uneasy and just kind of enjoy how the world looks in the 60 frames. But I'm trying to beat it or at least get pretty far in it without using the world map. So just finding my way around based on landmarks and stuff. So there's that. A bigger thing though for me, Control. Um, I bought Control Ultimate Edition on the Black Friday sale. And I was going to wait for the PS5 update, but you know what? I couldn't wait. And let me tell you, man, believe the hype with this one. For some reason, I was dismissive of the hype in this game, but no, it's really cool. It is a third-person shooter. I, you could call it that, but it has a lot of, like, oh, you can use telekinesis or psychokinesis to, like, pick up, like, rocks or objects or parts of the building to throw at people. And you've got a transformable gun. You've got a melee attack. So the whole thing with this game is that I'm not too far into it, but you're in a single building, but the building transforms. So there's all kind of weird building transformation effects and you're trying to find your way through the Federal Bureau of Control to get to your end goal. There's like weird anomalies that pop up in the game um, and chase you. The enemies are cool. But um, just in my first couple hours of playing, I noticed that the game was really tough, but, and I like this, the developers added in like an accessibility mode that's not like Xenoblade Chronicles 2 where you have to pay for it, but this is an accessibility mode where you can tweak the, there's no difficulty selection, but you can tweak the difficulty to be as easy, as hard as you want. You can tweak aim assist, you can tweak how much damage you take, how much damage you heal, you can tweak how fast your energy recharges, and I, for a game that doesn't have a difficulty option, I think something like this is really cool. So I just wanted to kind of touch on that a little. So I've been playing that, and yeah, that's that's really the small little things I've been playing. So I think we should dedicate our the remainder of our time here to, to the bigger things we've been playing. Um, so I think we're going to do your second, because obviously you've got the more important game here. And... Mine is mostly going to be, like, anecdotal. It's going to be a story about how I got mad at a video game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, you like this game, though. Even oh, yeah, though it's great. It's great, but that, that one thing that thrives over the lands is just insane how it could do that. Yeah. So, I'm talking, of course, about the shark game itself, Maneater. You know, the one where you play as a shark for ten or so hours, and you... You level up and you get lightning powers or like darkness powers or rock powers and, you know, zip through the air as a lightning shark and attack boats and other fish and whales. <laughs> yeah, I played this game in May when it came out and I was really hyping it up. You know, I was mm -hmm. hyping it up for a while. Because, um, man, who doesn't want to play as a shark? PS2, I had uh, Jaws Unleash. And yeah. all you do in that game is play as Jaws and just like be a shark so i was like hey a shark game would be cool i was thinking like maybe a year back two years i was like hmm, maybe if they remake that game or make a game that all you do is just play as a shark that would be pretty fun mm -hmm. so yeah we have this and so you go through it's a really funny story where they're on a well it's funny kind of it starts out funny and then it takes a turn um it's like a reality show called man eater about a shark hunter named scaly pete who lives 
Well, the game takes place in, like, Louisiana, I believe. So I'm convinced in my headcanon that this is taking place at the same time or in the same vicinity of Deadly Premonition 2. And nobody can take that away from me. Okay. (laughs) All right. I've seen the connections. Yeah. So you start basically on the bayou and Scaly Pete is hunting a shark. He kills this shark and, you know, there's a baby shark and it bites his arm off basically. And then you play as the baby shark and you go through leveling up as you would in an RPG, upgrading your stats. And eventually you get things like lightning powers where you can turn into a bolt of lightning or like shadow powers or rock powers where you can harden your shark into a rock so you can slam against boats better. So there's all kinds of like cool customization stuff. There's like health upgrades and sonar and you... I mean, it's pretty fun just going around chomping at whatever fish you can find. Uh, Mission structure is pretty repetitive. You kind of just go here, defeat this, raise your level, and repeat. But the story is kind of what keeps it driving. It's a very comedic story. The game is narrated by um, Chris Parnell, who is a vet of Saturday Night Live and suburgatory which is a good show that i liked i think he's jerry and rick and morty Mm. so he's a narrator and there's references to things there's references to spongebob and to arrested development by the landmarks you find so fun game not a lot to say about it what there's a lot to say about is the first time i played it my (laughs) trophies glitched (laughs) and this was not just a trophy that glitched this was like five trophies that glitched because one landmark in the game disappeared and if i hit that landmark the trophy for that completing that area completing all landmarks getting 100 percent completion and getting all evolutions for your shark would have popped as well as the platinum so i was like wow i went on tripwire forums because they developed the game and there was people that are talking about all oh, these trophies won't pop for me and then they're like okay let's patch this they patched it and one of the trophies popped but not the other three so we, th- there was like two or three patches where my ga- I, I re-downloaded the game every single time a patch came out to try and pop the platinum trophy that i earned because i got 100 percent, but didn't happen so i gave up and then lo and behold there was a free ps5 upgrade so what did i do well this past weekend um i remember talking about this on the show last week i started it over the weekend i platinumed it and i actually got the platinum this time but then i went on the forums to learn that the trophies were glitched on the ps5 version and they did have to patch it again (laughs) i mean for you getting the trophy that platinum that's a round of applause for you to earn that because the worst thing for any anybody trying to get the platinum in any game is a glitch trophy Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> You've had it twice, and one of them is it's happened to me now because uh, because Borderlands it's happened to everybody. Having, yeah, Borderlands Three has one trophy that's glitched. Two, um, two now. Is it two? Tales from the Iridian Slab is glitched. Uh oh yeah that that mich- that device doesn't work. I forgot about that one. Yeah, but yeah that one doesn't work, and the every name location and oh, doesn't work. Boy. So. Uh, but I mean, it's not just us, it's everybody. So hopefully they fix that soon, but you've had that with two games that's Borderlands and now Maneater, but 
does the PS did you ever get the PS4 plat or is it only the PS5 plat? It it was only the PS5 plat. It was it wasn't treated as a retroactive update like Siege was. Mm-hmm. Or say Spider-Man remastered if you transfer your save data over or like Borderlands was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, you know, Man Eater is not a bad game. It's a good game. Um, I was glad to play it twice. Wish I could have got two plats off it cuz I did earn it technically twice, but um fun game. Doesn't take very long. Nice little distraction, I guess, from other things. Um, yeah, I recommend it. It's, it's a lot of fun. I'm interested in it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's worth a shot. Usually it's on sale um, for not a lot of money. It, it wasn't full price to start with. The PS5 starts at 60 but can't keep up from what I've played, which was the whole game. Um, it, it dips pretty drastically, and it doesn't undip until you like restart the game. So there's that. It it does run a little bit better than the PS4 version though. So I'm happy. It was a free upgrade, so I got a PS5 plat out of it. So that's cool. What I'm, what I think is cooler though is the game that you decided to finally finish this weekend. So oh yeah, uh, I played Astro's Playroom. Oh, that's, that's a good it. plat. Have yeah, you seen the trophy pictures it. for those? They're really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen them. I'm mad that you beat my. I'm mad that you beat my uh time in that one speed run, sir. See. See, I I would go for like being number one, but I'm like, you know what? I'm just getting this final trophy and just uninstalling it. Like I could care less about like I think it was like get seven minutes under all speed runs. So like as a whole, it's like do all eight and basically get under seven minutes. So I got it. So I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. uh, I can you know uninstall it. Uh, maybe one day I can go back and actually master the speed run to that. But all jokes aside, I finished two games. But as I finished yet, I did plat. So Astro is my first PS5 plat. Yes. Uh, Bucks next will probably be my second. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, soon, eventually. I've got four. Hehehe. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, oh, I guess Siege, but uh, I mean, I already True. had the plat for the PS4 version, so it gave me that one. So technically, that's my first plat, but I don't count it. That like Astro's my first. Like I did play the whole game all the way through and got the plat. Yeah. But uh, a game that I eventually finished that I got a year ago. Yeah, I got last a year Black ago. Friday, right? Yeah. Uh, was uh, God of War. Ooh. I remember in our like top 10, I put God of War in like number 4 or 3. I think it was like number 4. Is it still there? It's it's still there because I think that my top 3s, I don't think you can ever outdo those top 3s, but just like how I said in that top 10, I can see why this is people's number 1 pick. Oh yeah. To anyone who's listening, forget getting a PS4 or PS5 for Spider-Man. You need to get a PlayStation console for God of War. Uh, not to knock down Spider-Man, but God of War is, is such, it's such a great game. It's pretty fantastic. It's such a great game, and with the extra 60 frames that they added with the PS5 boost mode, oh man, I can't tell you how much of a great time I had with it because of the smoothness of the frames, and it did not dip once. Yeah, I'm actually going to be replaying it sooner than later here myself because of the, the 60 frames, because you know, I played it back on a, a base PS4, so. Oh yeah. So, God of War, so you're probably thinking God of War, the new one from, what, 2018? That's when it came out? Yeah. You think, oh, it's like a hack and slash, like, the previous games, which, it does have elements to that, but it's not really entirely that. It's more of a hack and slash RPG game now. So, the fun fact is that you don't really have to be involved with the RPG that much, because I didn't realize I only upgraded my kratos health once what difficulty were you playing on 
normal. Wow, that's pretty good. I didn't, because I remember there's some parts where I'm stuck. I'm like, all right, what's this puzzle? And then, you know, if I'm lost, it's the day and age now where I have to look it up. It's no longer, I have to just be stuck. No, sometimes I did look at, like, some people's guides. And I look at their health, and I'm just like, wow, I'm really low at health. But I think that's the good part to the game, is that you don't need to really be involved of, like, finding everything. You could just play the game, and you could just beat it. You don't need to, like get all the fancy armor and get all the fancy upgrades and all this stuff. You just play the game and you can still have fun with it. Yeah, it feels like a Dark Souls scenario where don't get hit, basically. And fun, funny about that, um, before I played Bloodborne, because I have been playing that too, I kept dying fairly easy in God of War. And at moments I was like, man, maybe I need to turn down the difficulty. But I'm like, no, you know, I'm just going to stick to normal, you know, play it. And then I stopped playing God of War for a while. I actually probably stopped playing a good amount of games, like probably midway through that uh, this year. And then uh, obviously PS5 came out and I started picking you know things back up. You know, I don't really like quote unquote finish whatever is on a previous gen. I was like, well, if I can play PS4 games on this gen, I can just pick up where I left off. So I played a bit of God of War here and there, and then I played Bloodborne. And then I've been really kind of really playing bloodborne a lot i've been leveling up grinding out my character to kind of get you know certain uh, uh stats and all that to the point where after playing bloodborne and after defeating like three bosses i went back to play god of war i was not dying like i think i may have died like once the skills carried over oh yeah the skills most definitely carried over i was like rolling out of the way of like enemy attacks and i was figuring out like Oh, okay, like, this character does this as this attack of this animation. I can just roll over this side and start attacking with this uh, weapon, uh, which is... I forgot what the axe is called. The Leviathan Axe. Okay, I was like, hoping that was... Uh, if that was, like, the name came up, I wasn't sure. But, yeah, the Leviathan Axe, which I think I upgraded it full by the end of the game. I won't get too much into spoilers. I don't want to spoil it because I'm telling you, if you haven't played this game, you need to play it because it's such a great game. Oh, yeah. And there's definitely an episode here in the future especially after i finish it again because i'm a little iffy on the plot now it's been two years since i played it mm -hmm. over two years i played it when it came out april 2018 i think yeah um but i will say like there are certain parts of the game where you're just i'm so i'm so immersed in the game like i can't tell you how immersed i am into this game like at, at certain points the final boss fight is pretty is pretty insane it it takes a lot of what you learn throughout the game and really put it into one final boss fight. But the cliffhanger is pretty great uh, after you're done your whole adventure. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was expecting, because I was remembering, like, oh, wait, God of War 1, 2, and 3. Uh, you know, they, they mention certain characters, but they don't show up until later games, which I was expecting the same thing with this one. But there is a character that they mention, and it does show up. Like I say, I won't spoil it, because anyone who's hearing this needs to play it. Or if you're at all interested in the story, uh, I would look you know, into it, do your research, because it's such a great story. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think what's really good, too, is that uh, Atreus, your son, yeah, doesn't need your assistance. I was going to bring this up. I was going to say how great of an AI partner is atreus like oh he did nothing he's wrong the greatest he's the greatest like there's parts in the game where it oh, not in this game but there's parts in certain games where you have a buddy you have to help them they're like oh I, i'm trapped and oh this monster's yeah. got An me in their, in their grass yeah it's like oh and you just kind of get sick and tired of them to some points where it's just like ah 
I, I don't care about them. They they can stay back there. Where Atreus holds his own all like most of the time. I think the entire time I played it, there was only one moment where I had to like assist him, and that's because like one of the air monsters picked him up, and then I just had to like sm- smack it out of the air, and then he came back and started helping me. Um, his bow and his abilities, like I think I added like the uh, warthog like stampede one. Mm-hmm. That one was pretty fun to use on enemies because it stuns them for a good length of time. But like I said, I, I I'm trying to find key moments in this game where not to spoil it because oh, uh, there's one, there's just one moment. I'm telling you, and if you're a God of War fan, even if you're not a God of War fan, if you know just of the series alone, and then once you hit that moment, it's such a jaw-dropping, you're just like, yes, this is this is God of War. Like You start just hyping up because it's such a great moment. I'd argue that even if you didn't know what God of War is or what it was about, that's still a like such a masterpiece of a moment in any medium. I, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> so it's yeah, like, like I said, oh that my was god. Cool. When that part comes up, it's like chills come and all that. I, I think the part that gets people with that game though comes at the beginning because the fight with the stranger at the beginning of the game is also really like a hype moment. Oh yeah, that's such a great moment too. A lot of people were really hyping up that first boss fight against the stranger. But every good game that I've played that actually gets you like emotionally involved like i think snake eater got me like the ending is great uh last of us the first one there uh there are moments in that game too where i'm like you actually are involved and you feel like it's a real life world and you're looking at people's real life scenarios same thing with this game where there are certain moments where there's characters that you're just like you're sad you're angry you're happy but like i said i don't want to spoil it because you know it's every emotion but it is one of those games where my emotions were actually tied to certain characters and i felt certain ways once certain characters changed or certain characters didn't or certain characters didn't do a certain action which they should have but it is that's how good it is where the characters are very well written and this game deserves like i think it won game of the year right it might have i can't remember but oh yeah it did at the game awards i'm pretty sure it did. yeah yeah see that it deserves that game of the year trophy because it's such a great game yeah not to mention it's got a really nice interconnected world where it's not too big but just open enough to where you can find certain shortcuts or areas to go around in kind of like uh control even or something like metroid prime where you've got a world you're free to go to different places in but it's connected and interconnected in such a way that you can find shortcuts and separate paths and it just really feels like a really nice world and what's what's great too is that obviously uh kratos is a he's uh, Greek, right? He's Greek. Yeah. And uh, this time, obviously, it's Greek mythology with the original trilogy, but with this one, it's a North mythology. So it's a different. Like you're like, how does that all? A game ties it all so well that you're just like, okay, now it makes sense. Like everything that it needs to answer, it will answer it. But things that will still kind of like linger over to the next game, you know, they'll be answered. And I feel like. I, I now I'm even more hyped to play. Uh, was it Ragnarok? Yeah, Ragnarok. I'm I'm very much hyped to play that one now. That one I'm like probably getting a day one. I'm thinking there might be a trailer for this at the Game Awards. Since this podcast is going up after the Game Awards, we won't know right now. But I'm thinking yeah. we'll get us at least a snippet of something at the Game Awards. There's a lot of games that I recommend people to play. There's a lot of games that I recommend people just to watch. But this is a game I recommend you just involve yourself into. Get involved with the story. Get involved with the series. Because even like 
playing this, I, w- I did, like, I would watch videos, I would do research, of, oh, what's this character's motive, or what's this character's past, like, coming into this series, and, you know, what has Kratos done, and what's his storyline, because now I'm, like, involved with the actual, like, story. Yep, and it's a good one to get involved with, because it was hype from start to finish. <laughs> now, I don't oh, yeah. know, I don't know a lot about the older God of War games, but I know I liked this one. So I got two questions for you. Mm-hmm. Question one, Platt, question mark? Platt? Um, it's easy. That's a tough one. If it's easy, I'll, I'll look into. It, but like, I got bug snacks, and it's probably maybe like I I I don't uh, ask her, so it's probably on there now. Yeah, and uh, difficulty doesn't matter either. I don't think. I think you can do it all on easy if it gets too hard. Some of the some of the fights against the optional bosses can get like souls level struggle. <laughs> with with that game, when it comes to platting, it, it just depends because like I know bug snacks. It's I know games are easy plat but i think when it comes to platting for me it's just i just have to really be involved but that game i am involved in so uh i probably will plat eventually yeah a lot of optional areas you probably haven't seen yet that are really cool and then my other question is um when kratos and atreus were riding in that boat towards the beginning of the game was there a shark from Shark Game Maneater in those waters? Pretty sure I saw a shark from Shark Game Maneater in those waters. I don't know about that, but I know there's a stick in there. Close enough. It's a couple enough. sticks in there. It's a Close couple enough. sticks in there. But <laughs> the ultimate I always, crossover. <laughs> I always said this. I I hope there's either a um, a mod or even just a video edit of the entire story, but all Kratos says is boy. That would be so epic. <laughs> All his responses is just boy. And then it's just boy. like, it could be a, like, yeah, it's just like boy at every moment. And I think it would just be like a funny, it would be a funny video. I don't know if a mod would be entire. that's a lot of effort, but maybe a funny like montage video of just like snippets of the story. You just make him just say boy the entire time. I remember that they were presenters at the Game Awards, I think, um, the voice actors. And the mm-hmm. kid who played Atreus had the envelope. And the guy who voiced Kratos was like, read it, boy. <laughs> oh, yeah, that de- that deserved a round of applause. That was a great Yeah, moment. that was good. That's another great game moment right there. Oh, man, what a good game. And you can play as Kratos in Fortnite now, too. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. He, they did drop him before. And Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'm glad you finally beat that. Now oh, yeah. we can talk about spoilers without having to worry about oh have you gotten this far in the game yet or whatnot oh yeah oh yeah most definitely yeah i'm gonna replay it because the 60 frames like we saw with avengers um man eater or destiny 2 or spider-man or ghost of tsushima or days gone which i haven't tried yet or control when it gets upgraded just makes things better oh dude trust me that those frames they're great it was yeah. such oh, coming from the four to this one. It's it's great, and it's not even a PS5 upgrade. It's just a boost mode. Imagine that game with Leviathan Axe like DualSense features, because you can feel that thing coming back to you when when you retract it. Oh yeah. Or DualSense features for the snake. I forget what it's called. The snake thing in the lake. Oh, I forget his name. I forget yeah. what it's called. But when it roars for the first time, I had headphones on, and I was just like, my hair was blowing back. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. So. Is that about wrap it up for this week? I think uh, Game Awards tomorrow, and hopefully we'll, we'll review that by next week. But other than that, I think that should be, wrap everything up. Yeah, the Game Awards will be uh, done before this goes up. So we, we can see that Hades <laughs> probably, maybe, won <laughs> Game hopefully. of the Year. Yeah, hopefully. Something will win Game you know of the what? Year. 
if Ghost of Tsushima doesn't win, then Hades should win. That's my opinion. They're all good games. Yeah. In their own right. <laughs> I've played Animal Crossing more than any of them, but that's just me. Oh, yeah. That was the other one. Animal Crossing was the other game. I was like, what was the other game? It was yeah. Animal Crossing. And I keep forgetting to bring up Animal Crossing every week, despite the fact that I've been playing a lot and there's been a lot of events. But you know what? That's just something we'll have to do later. <laughs> yeah. So, like always, we want to thank you for listening to our show. We are on our Podbean website, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And you can follow us on Twitter at Markers on the Map. We'll be back next week to talk about what we're playing, what's new, old stuff, new stuff, just like always. And it's like we always say, at the end of the day, the real, the legend of Spyro, the eternal night, is the friends we made along the way. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Later. Later.